Arg, grog. Well, hey guys, welcome to the Sideship Podcast, uh, our weekly slab of nonsense about the archers. I'm Peter Fickling. I'm here with uh, Kerry Warbis and Matthew Weir. Uh, so let's start off with some amazing news. We've got, we had Susie in um, a few weeks ago, and we've got the amazing Lee, the amazing Ryan Early coming in to talk to us. On, is, is Kerry, is it the 28th? Oh, God, I wish I'd looked at the calendar. It's the 22nd. You're right at the top of mind, Ryan. Don't worry. We know the date. <laughs> this is the thing. I mean, you've got updates. I mean, is, is are we even on his radar anymore? Oh, yeah. We're definitely on his I have messages with him now and again. His Instagram is popping. Um, he's very, very funny. He's very funny in himself and funny about playing Lee, who's very much not like him. So it's going to be fascinating to talk to him. Well, Ke- yes, Kerry is the person who has instigated all of this and has, uh, ha- you know, made the connection. And yeah, it's very much coming across that we are not having Lee um, on the on the podcast. We're having a much more exciting sort of a uh, buccaneering adventurer. Uh, Matthew has been cyber stalking him, and what was it? Where where did you last see him, Matthew? His his Instagram stories. He was in. Well, I don't want to give his exact location away right now, but this isn't going out till Sunday. Mm-hmm. He was in Torridon. Which, where are we saying that is? It was Scotland. Scottish Highlands, yeah. isn't it? Just, I mean, let's hope he's on the pod because the last time he was like clinging to the side <laughs> of a cliff in a cyclone in his Instagram stories. With a little dog as well. There was just his his tent was really being blown around, wasn't it? And he had a tiny dog as company. And he had a tiny can of red wine as well to get him through it. Good man. I am hoping that I have enough of a connection with him that I can stay in touch because. I am a massive camping nerd, so and I need someone in the UK to sort of geek out with about all that sort of stuff. Um, so yeah, it's very exciting. I, I can't wait. I um, Lee Lee is, I mean, I've said some appalling things about him, so I'm looking for <laughs> <laughs> no. But Ryan, he admitted he listened to our Lee based podcast where it was called something like Lee is useless. It was yeah, something <laughs> like that. Why is Lee so wet or something like that? Yeah, and he really enjoyed it. Well, that's good. Yeah. yeah. So I, I think he's he's of a like mind, and he'll be able to give us all the insights we need and mm-hmm. uh, help us sort of um, see depths to a man who, from other angles, sort of has all of the uh, um, maybe is puddle like. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan has um, had a wind lashed uh, trip to Scotland, and I think the you know Brian had an even more agonising journey with his beautiful daughter Alice. Yeah, that went well, didn't it? <laughs> Bless him. It started promisingly, and I quite like that the, the whole episode involved only them, apart from, was it Sandra on the phone or at the receptionist yeah. at the rehab place? But it was predominantly Brian and Alice and their journey to the rehab place. And it sounded like it would go okay initially until there was mention of having to stop at service stations quite frequently. And I did think, yeah. She's not going to the loo. She's having swigs of things on the journey. Then she yeah. totally disappeared, didn't she? I loved when Brian was shouting into the toilets and there was a good echo of service station toilet uh, sound, wasn't there? They did that well. Kept Brian's denial intact until right at, right at the last minute. You know, even mm. when we, oh, for God's sake, he's like, oh, yes, well, she's been in there for 15 minutes. You're like, yes, Brian. Your alcoholic daughter has, you know, has had needed the toilet five times and each each time has taken almost, you know, a quarter mm. of an hour. Yeah. But I, I felt they really did a fantastic job over the last few weeks of softening us up with it, you know, to to extend your boxing metaphor of softening us up with a, a, a bunch of jabs to and before landing the haymaker this week. You know, they the conversation with Peggy, everyone's been so proud in her. Shula was talking about how brave she was. Kate was the supportive older sister. I mean, I was completely suckered into thinking that Alice was going to kind of meekly go off and sort of um, accept her treatment. Mm, and then before we knew it, she was going off on one in the pub, wasn't she, with that horrid voice of hers? I've been sitting here like an idiot. <laughs> she went, yeah, it was it was uh, Jim and the Brick and Susan all over again, wasn't it? Mm. All, all those ranges of different voices. I mean... Where do you find a pub next to a service station anyway? I, I mean, it sounded like they were in some lovely pub garden, like she'd walk down the hard shoulder like Alan Partridge singing Goldfinger. And next thing you know, she's in, sat in a pub Yeah, good. where Brian manages to trace. I mean, there are, I think there are, uh, the W name, 
there are some service stations that have those attached to them as a as a pub. You oh, can, guess you can call that. A pub. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I mean, when she was getting the booze, I was thinking, well, everyone knows there's normally an M&S nowadays, isn't there, in the service station where you can get some miniature bottles of wine and what have you. Oh, they're cocktails in a can. Yeah. It's, let's face it, it's not difficult to get booze in Britain, is it? No, this is true. Um, I did quite like Brian's, well, attempted tactic of trying to get her drunk enough to be able to get her to rehab, but she sussed that he'd... Instead of a G&T, he just had a tea. I felt that was one of the more true reflections of um, alcoholism, where uh, someone, who was it, who said, oh, she didn't, oh, it was Eddie, who said um, she didn't mean it, it was the alcohol. And I'm thinking, no, that's not how it works. Alcohol strips back layers and it can reveal bitternesses. No, and it, it, was reveals... the, it was the woman in the uh, rehab place, wasn't it? Who, When she was saying, I hate you, you're an awful father, she said that 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 isn't her speaking it's the alcohol and that annoyed the thank you Gary that's absolutely right and it annoyed the crap out of me um mm. because because I because when she was in the pub and she she was you know she spotted that Brian was trying to trick her and her outrage was genuine I mean it booze doesn't make you I mean, it it dulls your critical faculties but it doesn't suddenly turn you into an idiot it doesn't it certainly turn off your awareness of other people you know like mm-hmm. and and that and that was why I enjoyed that scene so much because they left Alice intact she was you know there was she was the, the acting was fantastic the way mm. that she played this kind of outraged sort of like you know almost sozzled um you know drunk it was i thought it was magnificent and and kerry i i feel like matthew and i owe you an apology we've we've quietly mocked your um love of brian over the last mm. couple of months and here he was he charles collingwood was amazing and brian was amazing yes he was he was he was amazing then and then he was amazing tonight when he was suddenly having this awareness, and I know it's a long time coming and so on, but when he and Eddie were speaking to each other, it was very touching. Yeah. Uh, strange combination of people, really, to open up to Eddie. But he, Eddie sussed him, didn't he? You could tell when he was going, really? She went happily like a lamb or whatever Brian said. And then Brian had to just go, actually, no, um, it was all awful. It took him a while, didn't it? Like, and it was the way that he must have had a script as well, because when Shula asked Neil earlier, he went, "Oh, she went straight in, good as gold," and that was exactly what he said to Eddie, wasn't mm-hmm. it? So he's yeah. obviously been just trotting this these same lines out. And to Jenny, yeah, and there was just that moment where he went, "I lied," you know. <laughs> I thought that was brilliant how he just kind of went around that. It's just quite sweet of him, I think, because he's yes, it's denial, but he's trying to protect Alice from embarrassment and also protect Jennifer from worry. And, you know, sometimes he comes good as our Brian. And and also the fact that he, he he's, you know, he's a clever man. He'll be aware of how easily other people will know that he's been in the dark and that mm. he's been, because he's been sort of like, you know, bowling around. He's been telling off Fallon. He's been sort of, you know, mm. uh, telling i mean i think that i think that over the next few weeks we're going to have brian going to adam and saying you were right you have been this dutiful if not thoroughly incompetent son who (laughs) has always done the right thing no matter how annoyingly and i have lavished praise on this golden child and i you know and so thank you for your loyalty and can you know please can you rethink things i was thinking that today because god i hope not (laughs) damn But I did, I did, I did think that Brian sounded so broken, and I mean, I know it's it's a ridiculous comparison, but I only have a two year old son. He climbed out of my reach today, so I'm I, he, I'm six one, and I could I couldn't even touch his heel. He'd climbed so far up this bloody mm-hmm. climbing frame, and I was rattled for ages afterwards. You know, like just sort of, oh, this sort of panic because I, I was you know I had this kind of pleading voice like, oh come on, I'll come to daddy, you know, and you know for a good a good few minutes afterwards, I, I was a bit shaky. So oh, God please. knows what it must feel like with you know. So sorry, Kerry, to have two adult ones must be bloody awful. Uh, well, when mine were little and upper climbing frame, I'll be, oh, you're, you'll be all right. <laughs> it's normally them getting you down from the climbing frame, isn't it, Kerry? <laughs> mum, mum, mum. Not no, again. Yeah. <laughs> but he, he was, he was, sorry, uh, indulge me slightly. He was mm. right at the edge of this big metal frame. So he was beyond all of the soft play area. He was now right on the edge and there was nothing but a, you know, a good mm. fifth drop between him and the 
and the wood chippings. But anyway, uh, yeah, um, I, I did anyway. I really felt for Brian, and I think that uh, that will have knocked him onto his heels. Yeah, I mean, the whole catalyst, I thought, for her wanting to make that final stop, I don't think the runner was right there in the, um, at the top of her list of ideas, but then she got into that chat about what if she got separated from Martha and what if there was another lockdown? And then it was right on the heels of that that she said, can we make another stop? And I think that just seemed to be the thing that tipped her a yeah, little bit. Yeah, what if Martha forgets me, forgets mm. who I am? These are genuine thoughts you would have being away from your child at that age for a month. It's a long time, isn't it, when they're so small? Yeah, it's it's, it's awful. I mean, I, I did three weeks without Cyrus and it was terrible, but it's like, you know, and also... The knowledge that um, the knowledge that she, you know it's all her fault. Mm. There is, she doesn't. There is no one else to blame. I mean, obviously, she can blame other people. She can she can blame circumstances. She can blame her upbringing, and she can look at sort of you know things that have happened to her to make her the way she is for her alcoholism. Mm. But she very clearly has made these decisions to that yeah. are forcing her away from Martha. She quickly veers then to they'd be better off without me. So she's really torn between these, like, I need to be with Martha and then they'd be better off without me, Chris and Martha, when she was talking to Peggy. Yeah. Um, no, was it Peggy? No, it was Fallon, wasn't it? I think she was talking mm. to. Yeah, Fallon did a sterling work with Linda and with Alice this week. I mean, the awful thing is, to some extent, I mean, I don't believe this. I mean, I, I think that I think obviously the best version of, of Martha's life is the one where Alice is recovered and, and there being her mother. But if she's in her current state, she's 100% right. They are better off without her. That was hinted at, wasn't it? Because, I mean, Kate, there was that chat. No, it was Pe with Peggy, wasn't it? With Alice and Peggy, where she said uh, Martha needs her mother. And she said, not this mother. Yeah. Which I thought was quite powerful that she yeah. she recognised I'm not the person that I need to be in her life right now. Yeah. I mean, the biggest cliffhanger for me was what crisp did Brian buy? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he said, what flavour? And it cuts. Yeah. They should have cued the music then. <laughs> Kerry, you're not only the snack expert, you're also the Brian expert. Please deliver your verdict. <laughs> what, which crisps would Alice choose and which would Brian choose? Do you mean that? Actually, yeah. Well, f crisps. It's pork scratchings, isn't it, obviously, all the Brian. time. Uh, mm. Marks and Spencer's do gin tonic flavoured crisps. That would probably oh, God, be Alice's choice, no, wouldn't it? No, no, no. That's all silly nonsense. Prawn cocktail. It? Brian's prawn cocktail. Mm. I mean, I'm totally on board with the fact that um, better out than in is not really Brian's motto as well. <laughs> Where <laughs> was he? That? What? What's that? When he said he cried, when he told Eddie I cried, oh. and Eddie said, oh, better out than in, he went, that's not, that's never really that's been my motto. That's not Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I thought you were talking about crisps. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, him and Eddie was so marvellous, I thought. Bless Eddie. Mm. Honestly, you know. He had really good empathy for Brian and they're not the same sorts of people, but they were connecting so well. I do. I do take that. I do take that, that um, Eddie might be, you know, uh, he's not he's not Brian's friend in like a kind of, you know, traditional sense. Like they don't arrange mm. to meet to the pub. And every now and again, there have been scenes where Brian sort of kind of like gasps with annoyance because Eddie's, you know, marching across to sort of like, you know, bend his ear about some project. But um you know, they have known each other and lent on each other and worked together for decades. So, and yeah. seen, you know, seen each other warts and all. So actually, you know, it, it does, there is a kind of strange logic to it. Yeah, true. Man to man talk, I suppose. He, I think he caught him off guard as well. He just like, I can't yeah. pretend anymore. I mean, and also it's, um, you know, Eddie is, Eddie is a bullshit for his own. Like he's not, you know, he's, and, and I think everyone knows that. So it's not, you know, you, you, you can't get a kidder, can you? Like there's no, sort of mm. turning around to Eddie and saying oh no actually I think you know he's sort of a, a very a straight shooting man and that would probably draw that out of you as well god that's interesting I would never think of him as being bullshit free Eddie I think he's pure bullshit really and <laughs> anyone that has a friend called Terry two phones is a bullshit <laughs> oh no I don't I don't mean that, I don't mean that he's I don't mean that he he's not I mean obviously he has a very tenuous relationship with the truth I just mean that he doesn't have he's not particularly he doesn't waste much energy on airs and graces. He's the opposite of Heinz Bouquet. So 
he he you know if he if he's upset about something he would say it like he wouldn't just sort of you know sort of dance around it I don't mm. think. well he he caught himself didn't he he was like i hope they don't vomit all over my limo and he's like oh sorry brian <laughs> oh yeah because okay, sorry thank you for bringing that up matthew because mm. of course all stag do's want to be in limos in the countryside here we go we've, we've we you know limo talk that can be a you know that can be a special episode when we hit like number thousands or something yeah 50 year old lads that were gonna use the limo is that right is I mean, that what he said? Yeah, a bunch of fifty-year-old mm-hmm. mates who apparently are going on the lash and then going to be, you know, trying not to vomit all over Eddie's um, limo. And this, this is on Monday, isn't it? So, so obviously something's going to go wrong with this, with Harrison maybe, and the license of it, and all of that. Do you think Rex has to bail them out? Rex has to bail him out. Mm. No, Rex is just going to write a shitty review, isn't he? Yeah, Rex and his, you know, Rex and his, Rex the keyboard warrior. Um, but yeah, it's all. I don't you know anyway. But yeah, Eddie and his limo. But it's it's. Uh, I thought he was. I thought that he was very a very good shoulder to cry on. And I, you know, I'm mm-hmm. a huge. I mean, everyone's a huge fan of Eddie, aren't they? That's almost a litmus test. Like you know, if someone if someone said to you they didn't like you know, oh, do you you, you listen to the Archers? Oh, brilliant! It's like oh yeah, but I I can't stand Eddie. It's like gone, you're dead to me. <laughs> Get out. Yeah. Well, I mean, we had a we had a bit of a test of people's resolve this week when um people actually challenged our approval of Russ. On Twitter, yeah, yeah, there was two polls. Um, Shula and it was uh, Kate, uh, Pip, Shula, and um, Russ in poll one that was done by um, at Bagwaller on Twitter. And uh, controversially, um, Shula and Russ came equal. And then we did a second poll in which um, COVID came ahead of Shula and Russ, yeah. Russ got almost double the votes. So, so when Shula <laughs> said to Linda this week, I think people have probably had enough of COVID, not as much as you. <laughs> She's she and she infected this whole week, like every scene there she was you know, in the corner. I mean, she's you know, trying to pollute Susan's marriage to Neil, and then you know, poor Linda and Joy just trying to. Have, although she, although now I'm going to contradict myself, she was sort of, I guess, vaguely human when she was supporting about Joy. the fate. Yeah, the that, that fate was okay, yeah. fair enough. But her bleating it, you know, bounding in with the secateurs. <laughs> um, and really, you know, you could surely you would be able to tell that the atmosphere there was a bit frosty because um, Susan had been really snapping at Neil and you, you're going to the supermarket. The list is on the table and you better be make it snappy. And she had a right old meltdown, didn't she, saying it went from yeah. that to saying we're not communicating. There's something wrong. And Neil was utterly baffled by the whole whirlwind of strangeness. It was a rare slip by the lovely Neil, wasn't it? Mm. Like the heat. He'd been saying to Shula, obviously, that things were a little bit fraught at mm. home. He obviously hadn't sort of thought about how it might appear that he's round the corner doing favours for another woman. Mm, yeah. yeah, I think you two are you two in disagreement about this then? Because you because you seem to think that Kerry, you seem to think that Susan went over the top, and Peter, you seem to think Neil was 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 neglect, being neglectful. No, no, I, I think that both can be true. Yeah, I'm not disagreeing. No, I think that Sue Neil was baffled, I think, because of how Susan was approaching it all. It all just hit him in a, a big um, tidal wave of angsty prickliness. And he was like, where's this all coming from? You know, he 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 should maybe have considered that he's not seeing Susan right, but is happily sorting Shula's garden out. I mean... <laughs> and putting some shelves up and so on and poor old susan is like in a just a bit of a mess really at home isn't she she's trying to spin every plate going um he can't even remember when she's working when she isn't working there's loads of those conversations in there no i didn't say that that's not what we agreed it's this that and the other so she's frazzled yeah i think i think it's it's i don't i'm not a big one for kind of um gender cliches but uh mm. neil was making the sort of cliched um male mistake of sort of focusing on the practical things he needed to do to help and not realizing that he, you know not remembering that here's susan being a hugely upset mother and then also a sort of a proxy mother for her grandchild all at the same time whilst you know mm. and what she actually needed is for neil to be there and listen to her and talk to her and he's off i blame shula as well because <laughs> Because Shula's like, yeah, put the shelves up, do the garden. She knows that Susan's got this 
sort of young baby to be looking after and a job and you know has did it not occur to her that actually oh sod doing odd jobs for me for the cheap horse riding lessons just have the horse riding lessons the first couple you don't have Mm. to be doing this sort of labor for me you've got enough on your plate I'll be kind and you know it was some sort of trial lessons wasn't it that he's paying for by doing odd jobs I mean, yeah. I don't want to chill Peter's blood, but is there a possibility that um, Neil is not being honest with himself here? Yeah, that did cross my mind. With his denial about everything's fine, what are you talking about? And But he has admitted twice to Susan that he sees it as some kind of light relief going over there, oh, as wow. some kind of form of escapism. Yeah, where's Susan's light relief? Yeah, there is no light relief for Susan, no. is there? I mean, I also thought Shula got a bit un- hot under the collar when Linda asked her where she thought Neil might be slotted in. <laughs> oh, yeah. She changed the subject quick sharp at that point, didn't she? That was really weird. And I don't know why Linda was sort of picking up on that, actually. It was a, it was a dig on Linda's part, I felt. Um, yeah, what was it she said? It was to do with slotting in, wasn't it? <laughs> he, he, she said that Neil's offered to help out. Yeah. And um, Shula, you might have ideas as to how Neil might be slotted in. She just went, um, should we just concentrate on the main idea yeah. of the main concept mm. rather than talking about Neil and slots? I mean, the script writers might just be playing with us. I don't know. They might be. I mean, you know, it's just, um, but I tell you what, if you're going to de- weaponize a, a word, make it secateurs, <laughs> Susan did fantastically well did, with that, did. didn't she? And yeah. the sh- so she's So he's handled your shelving and he's had a poke around in your garden. Mm. But then there was that moment where, mm-hmm. you know, I'm going to clip this bit, the bit where Shula said, I feel like I've come in and said all the wrong things. Yep. It's just like, it's like, put that on your, like your subheading on your bio. Yeah. I tweeted that and said, evergreen tweet. <laughs> um, yeah. But so, so, I mean, this is, I'm not trying to get too kind of meta and sort of review our own podcast while we're on it, but I do, I get the feeling, you know, we, the three of us have been bouncing all over the place, trying to talk about everything that's mm. been going on this week. And that was very much my feeling. It's like, it, it, it's been there's been so much that's going on mm-hmm. we've got the, the whole shula neil thing that in turn is kind of fold it's folding out of the um, anxiety at the carter household you've then got obviously all the stuff with alice's alcoholism and we haven't even started to talk about um kate or fallon or um the pandemic uh, fate yeah it's it's you <laughs> know like it, it a lot happened this week yeah yeah i mean last week there was a lot of people weren't happy about the fact that they barely left Lower Loxley last week. And I just felt like that was just like a calming week in a spa. Whereas this week, it reminded me of like that meme of Graham Souness where everything's revolving around his angry face. <laughs> who, who, um, yeah, which bit was the bit where he planted the flag in the middle of the Galatasaray pitch? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, I've seen that. Yeah. Amazing. Uh, maybe that was Kate. <gasps> Kate was, Kate was horrendous she was awful to Alice really whipping her up into a frenzy about Peggy wasn't she um and sort of going I'm going to march around there and tell her what I think of her and then when she had spoke to Jacob was saying I hate her about Peggy I mean you know fair, fair point but um I think Jacob must be thinking what Jacob was clear had clearly just finished sawing up a body as well. Hadn't yeah, he? he had blood all over his face. Didn't he? Oh, it was a horse. <laughs> it was a horse barbed wire, uh, something like that. Yeah, there are strong Dexter vibes coming off um, Jacob, but yeah, uh, uh, it, you know, in De- Dexter's likable in his own way. Mm. But I, um, yeah, uh, Kate, Kate, uh, obviously, one of her personality traits is that she always has to insert herself into any problem and make herself the center of it. Mm. And it was a masterclass this week. Like yeah. you know. It was when she was talking to Alice about Alice's alcoholism, it suddenly it was all about her being the big sister. It's like, well, you've never been anyone's big sister. Mm. Uh, you know, I mean, maybe maybe factually, yes, but not, you know, relationship wise. Yeah. And then and then, you know, with it, and then with, with Peggy, it's like suddenly it's like, oh, you know, she can't even spend the night in the house with her grandmother. It was just extraordinary. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, I like Kate most of the time, you know, in Russ, in a Russ sense, I love her for, you know, how entertaining she is, but mm. she was a hard listen this week. She was when she marched into Jacob's surgery or whatever, whatever it was. And I loved how he said, did we have an appointment? <laughs> <laughs> and she was, am I a thoroughbred? Uh, no. She was vile, absolutely vile. And actually when she was being weird to Jacob, 
going, hi, Kate, looking good, Kate. Thanks for bringing lunch, Kate. Um, she sounded to me like drunk Alice. Yeah. Kate being vile sounds like drunk Alice to me more more and more. I'm I'm not trying to win some kind of argument with, with, with anyone, especially not you guys, but this has been part of my thing. Like you can be mental and not an alcoholic and you can mm. be alcoholic and not mental. Alice is obviously very disturbed at the moment. I'm not mm. trying to deny any of that. But Kate is a very clear example of the fact that you can be eating nothing but, you know, tofu and um, mm. alfalfa sprouts and still be absolutely crackers. Yeah. yeah. Is crackers a PC word anymore? Am I allowed to say crackers? Well, you said mental, so crackers is, you know. <laughs> yeah, uh, I said, I said, but, you know, can I say? <laughs> yeah. She'd be whole wheat crackers. I mean, you know, who, I don't know if it's by fault or by design. I li- I've mentioned before, I lived in a very hippie area of Bristol, and there was a farm shop in Picton Street in Montpellier, which sold only you know organic things only you know animals reared in all their meat was you know you know very as friendly as it can be in that Mm. situation but the two women that ran the shop were the two biggest fucking twats you've ever (laughs) met in your life and they were obsessed with this i always used to call it the hippie nazi i'm going to be a hippie but in order to get all of my ideals i'm going to be an absolute nazi getting there oh hippies are fascinating as a culture um yeah. i think into this on twitter didn't we Kerry? i did yeah yeah i sort of went um oh kate's not really that much of a hippie is she mind you they don't tend to be do they it's it's i just find them it's the classic thing isn't it of, don't never trust a hippie is a, a saying isn't it and also, <laughs> it? yeah <laughs> It's um, John John Lydon, wasn't yeah, it? it is. Never trust a hippie. Yeah, and the other thing is, like many hippies have bank managers as dads, don't they? Kind of thing where it's like, yeah, I'm dropping out of society. Well, you're not yeah. really, are you? Because you go home to Cheltenham every weekend, don't you? And everything's really comfy. Can I offer some balance, maybe, to the whole? Because uh, I I I have that attitude. I still do have that attitude, largely. But um, my friend Kathy in California, so we, we used to live in the sort of capital of hippiedom. Mm. And I, I'm going to add an addendum to everything you said, I think is 100% correct. But I'm going to say people who are performatively hippies. Because I, because um, yeah. uh, Kathy and a lot of her friends are sort of uh, hippies who just wear normal clothes and they go about their day mm. and they still would describe themselves as hippies and they kind of live through that whole movement. Yeah. But they've just but it's the people who need to still kind of wear certain clothes or kind of like you know but it's sort of very much you know like but within 30 seconds mm. of talking to you it's the difference between it's the difference between someone who's a vegetarian because they you know they have it's it's the performative vegetarian versus yeah. the sort of the just the person who's doing it for the right reasons you are absolutely correct the performative aspect is the thing isn't it i mean a real hippie wouldn't be performative no exactly I, I used to go to this. Um, I used to go to this food market in. Uh, uh, so it's, it's the same situation as Matthew, except sort of probably just bigger and more American. And you know, you're there trying to queue for your your food, and some little needle elbowed cow from down the road comes in, and you know, you, and it treats you like absolute dirt. And it's like, oh yeah, okay, well, where are your values now, you little witch? Anyway, <laughs> I mean, you know, I I will say that yeah, I mean, in Montpellier you have the the trustafarian hippies mm. whose dads are bank managers mm-hmm. and get them get them there but you do have night i mean obviously there are nice hippies i had um i met my ex for lunch in new york and she's a you know a lovely hippie and the only thing that amused me was when her food arrived she ordered a side of mashed potato and when that came first she waved her hands above it to channel the energy oh, <laughs> it's like it's mashed potato oh god yeah channeling your mash all that sort of stuff's fine as long as you have a sense of humor about it as long as you can understand that other people are going to find it ridiculous mm. like my wife used to make me drive her to goat yoga all the time well that that was actually on the archers wasn't it goat yoga that was one of kate's yeah. things or something goat yoga yeah goat yeah because no, everyone, everyone on twitter was like that can't possibly exist and then loads of pictures of goat yoga went on twitter saying yep it's a thing i have at least 30 photos of my wife doing goat yoga um mm. and yeah and it but it, the thing is my wife knew it was insane and ridiculous mm. but Good. and you know she didn't afterwards she wasn't walking around going oh my god the healing powers of the goats it's like, <laughs> no this is <laughs> this is a huge huge indulgent mm. ridiculously 
opulent, you know, uh, activity that you could only afford in the sort of most extremely wealthy mm. versions of, you know, our society. Yeah. Anyway, back to Kate. Why do, oh, you, yes, think, why do you think she was doing that with Jakob? She was saying, you know, obviously she doesn't want to live with uh, grandma anymore. Um, she said, I think it's time we moved in together. And he's like, well, why are you saying it right now? Something's happened, hasn't it? He's no fool. And I loved that he went, we tried it before. It didn't work. Yes. <laughs> uh, no, thank you. Don't. I, I actually led me to wonder why they're together at all, uh, really, because she was quite rude, wasn't she? And uh, presumptuous. Uh, she said something strange to him where she said, yeah, but we were a beep couple then and we're not now. And I didn't catch the adjective that she used before couple. I was like, what did she say there? It wasn't new. But it was, yeah, it was odd. I missed it. Yeah, she did say something like we're now a more more mature couple or something like that, wasn't it? As if they've moved on. He said, but we're still the same people. He he was just very dismissive of her sudden barging in. You can bring all the sandwiches you like, but, you know, I'm not going to go, yeah, okay, then, in the middle of slaughtering a horse or whatever he'd just been doing. (laughs) He's doing Um, horse horse yoga went wrong. (laughs) I mean, the only person he's ever sort of easy going with is chris isn't it chris carter because mm. he jokes around he used to joke around with chris sometimes but pretty much everyone else he's just this very sort of matter of fact and straight character i don't think we've heard a kind of jokey side of him with anyone else he did get a bit lovey-dovey about kate once but anyway the point is is mm. I mean, what's kate expecting he, he, he's very very consistent yeah they've been together long enough for her to have she she should have realized that this approach is not going to work Never being work. utterly spontaneous and barging into his workplace and saying we're going to live together and then getting a right pod on when he went whoa uh don't know where this is coming from uh she's like well i'll leave the rest of the sandwiches here then <laughs> um very childish behavior i'm not yeah. sure i've ever been surprised by a loved one at work and replied with in what context <laughs> it's just he's just zero bullshit with him isn't it like this no. and then no filter yeah i mean you're right that's peculiar language but the sentiment is very true like mm. i don't think i think if i'm at work i i'm not a different person but i think i do have a very kind of uh, and if so if, if, if someone if if, if someone uh, uh you know if, if charlotte turned up at my uh, my work i think there'd be a bit of me that was like you know like if you and you without warning like i would want there to be an emergency mm. I wouldn't be yeah. like, oh, well, that's great. And I don't think she, I think she'd feel the same way the other way around. I don't, you know, she's got a game face for her, for her work. And I don't mm. think she'd want me to sort of break that. Burst, bursting in like a Peter Fickling phone call. Yes. <laughs> well, Matthew, come on. No, it's not, <laughs> I mean, it's, everyone knows I'm a hypocrite. It's not very nice to point it out on air. <laughs> you know, we, we spoke with Susie a couple of weeks ago about who would be the Terminator in Ambridge. I think it would be Jacob. Yeah. What I love about him, though, is I know we've just spoken about it a bit, but how, you know, when Kate was saying um, about leaving Peggy and he he just so logically cuts her down to the quick and says, so you're going to leave your ancient grandmother on her own? Yeah. Um, And even if you can't forgive your grand, show some compassion. Especially after being so... And I don't. I mean, about, I'll just use the word again. Performatively, Kate-like in her um, show of being the amazing granddaughter for months and months and months, telling anyone who'll stand around long enough just how amazing mm. she's been to deal with Gran, and massively, exa- and also using Peggy, using Peggy's age and infirmity as an excuse to get out of things and do other things. So, is she really, really trying to tell us that because of Peggy's? speak um recognizing alice's alcoholism ages ago but not telling everyone she wants to move out that's it is that it? i mean isn't there's no i mean sorry i'm gonna be stupid script person again there's not enough room in the script for another for it to get more complicated right we can't have a subplot to why kate and peggy uh, why kate's cross with peggy apart from what's being presented surely there's just no room where there's a there's a quite a modern term which has come up on the left and right in terms of media, and I think it when I hear Kate manufactured outrage. Yes. She seems mm-hmm. to get herself yes. in a tiz, doesn't she? Mm-hmm. And she she winds herself into these into these frenzies. 
And, you know, it's always Jacob that has to kind of, he did it before, didn't he? A couple of months ago, he had to stop her going flying off the handle mm. about something, about um, about passing over the land and the argument she had with Brian. And she just, just she, she and Alice were, her and Alice were kind of self-winding, weren't they, in their conversation yeah. on Monday? In the end, it was like, you know, it's a bit, it's like he's, he spilt your pint almost, it's the, the Ambridge version of that. And then she went to have it out with Peggy. Yeah, Alice yeah. had to calm Kate down, didn't she, on the Monday episode um, to the point where they made up and had a hug and then Kate said, can I help you pack then? And she said, yes. Yes, she got she got a hug at the like the fourteenth mm. time of asking, didn't she? Because mm, yeah. <laughs> she was repelled the previous yes. thirteen times. Yeah. Um, what did we think about the actual? I mean, it was a week of pick me up talks. There was a mm. you know um, supportive chats. What did we think about the chat between Alice and Peggy when she actually went round there? I thought Peggy. I thought Peggy did really well to apologise. So it was a good apology. It was sincere. She called out her own faults. She she caught herself when she started to make an excuse, and then she said, "No, actually, that's just typical me trying to ride roughshod over every everyone." And Alice, I thought it was it was a, a well written and well acted the way that Alice went in there, full beans, and then mm. was caught caught by Peggy's sincerity and um um you know Peggy's humility. Yeah, my favourite line was, "I don't know why I think I'm better than other people." And everyone who's listening is like, no, we don't either. No, but then Kate was there alluding to the fact that she thinks she's great because she's got all that money in the bank, which mm. is a very hippie concept, isn't it? To be jealous of other yeah, people as well. Yeah, and actually Kate would happily take half of it. And, uh, you know, it's a weird thing for her to be outraged about, isn't it, really? Especially yes. having lived rent-free in the house for yep. many months. And when, you know, if Peggy and Kate do have it out, I, I don't imagine that, Peggy will be wasting quite as much sentiment, you know, sentimentality in um, mm. trying to search for apologies to Kate. It's like, no, you've been a pain in the ass. I look after you as much as you look after me. You've lived rent free. Mm. Um, shut up. You can do no more, can you, as as Peggy, than say, "I'm really sorry." You'd think I would have learned by now. I'm so proud of you. Um, you're so brave to go to rehab, um, and I love you. So and she much. also cleared up the misconception that Alice had that she was the one who had that that Chris had told her that this had been sort of like some kind of um, conspiracy. No, in fact, that Peggy had acted off her own intel. Yeah, yeah, because Alice was fearful that basically Peggy and Chris had been sort of talking to each other incessantly behind her back, and that wasn't the case at all. Yeah. The only thing missing from the end of that was, you know, after they kind of bonded, she should have just said, now, have you spoken to that prick, your Uncle Tony, recently? <laughs> yes, I'm not sorry about being horrid about him. Do you know what? Since we've been doing the podcast, I don't think we've ever had a real big Tony plot. And Matthew's, you know, I feel like there's a lot of momentum building up in Matthew to sort of unload on poor, poor unsuspecting Tony. Well, I just, I just want to know when Jacob gets Peggy's answer machine, what, what the message is, please leave a message unless you're for my fucking useless son. <laughs> poor Tony. We did have some light relief from all of the, the, you know, the, the, uh, the Kate and Peggy and Alice and Brian stuff, which was of course, um, Joy and Linda and Fallon planning the fate and, you know, uh, Fallon acting acting as a shoulder to cry on. Uh, Matthew, you must have been enthralled. Yeah, I was. I mean, there was when um, Fallon said, do you mind if I pull up a seat and chat? I was like, oh, damn you, Linda. <laughs> yeah, Linda was odd, wasn't she? And But Fallon came good again, didn't she, with Linda? She sort of recognised that she's having a bit of a wobble because Joy's coming all bright and breezy and, oh, it doesn't matter if you don't like my idea. We can... Thinking caps on again, positive, positive. And Linda's feeling very deflated and thinks her ideas are very tired. And Joy's coming in with an amazing scarecrow idea, <laughs> which is amazing say, at all. That was the best Paul Gascoigne impression I've ever heard. Oh, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> and they did, they did stitch in a little bit of um, COVID content through that. 
when Fallon was looking after Linda. Yeah. Was that to do with the Scarecrow thing being good for everyone who's been locked up inside? No, no. Oh. You you reminded me just now, Kerry, when you said mm. about how um, Fallon was saying, you know, you lost loss of confidence, feeling a mm. bit vulnerable, and Fallon tied that into an article she'd read, and sort of That's obviously right. it wasn't an article. Was it an article she'd read, or an article that the guy in the cafe who was on holiday in Ambridge was eating? That's the one. So <laughs> on so, holiday yeah. in Ambridge. Yeah, I know. And then he just he's he started he like had a brain fart and just spoke to Fallon. So we know that um, Ambridge is on the green list, not the amber list then. You don't need a double <laughs> vaccine to go to Ambridge. The Ambridge but... list. Mm. Well, there was a very good article in Private Eye about the fact that everyone was, at the beginning of lockdown, everyone was relocating to Ambridge because it seemed to be the only place in the country that was COVID-free. <laughs> I miss my Private Eye subscription. Oh, I, well, I mean, I, um, I, I treated myself to a year's subscription based on um so i read this uh, interview with them um, ian hislop and he was getting the sales pitch he gave to me which i bought into is the fact that it's one of the few truly independent uh, um investigative journalists mm. uh, absolutely i mean like the journalistic side of it love it um going way back into the 60s was report it generally reports things that don't turn up in the yeah probably won't ever turn up in the new pa- newspapers under this regime but you know they get they get there three to four years early i might treat myself again yeah i I sort of used to have it all the time on subscription and then hit a bit of a rocky financial patch and sort of went no that's got to go so i think i'm gonna take that back up again it's perfect for reading on the loo isn't it yeah it's good it's good airplane that and viz and a pack of pork pies that's what you get as you come (laughs) through the airport since I gave up drinking, I do occasionally like I don't do like a tally of how much money I've saved, but like if I'm if it's like a th- private eye subscription, I do think to myself, well, that's like you know, a couple of nights in the pub, you know, that you're not spending. I used yeah. to price things in pints. Did you? Don't do it. Yeah, don't do it anymore because <laughs> I don't go out to the pub anymore. But um, that's something. Yeah, but when I used to drink, when I used to be like a heavy drinker, that was definitely how I would kind of quantify things. I'd be like, "Well, that's about five pints." That's yeah, it's a very Bristol thing to price that to, to price something in pints. Uh, I know. I think it's universal, Matthew. <laughs> Maybe. I just, I've just never heard anyone else do it other than my Bristolian <laughs> friends. But I remember giving directions to someone around London and I was like, yes, yeah, so you'll come to the Salisbury, go right there um, and you'll see a little pub on the left called the Lamb and Flag. Go through a little alley where they're, or there called Lazenby Court. You go down right and they're like, you've done this whole direction. You've gone halfway across London just using pubs. I was like, mm, yeah. Yeah. Pass, pass my Pass my friend Barry on the park bench. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Give a little, you know, give them 10p. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> just inflation, but I'm going yeah, to sign but... up for that again, definitely. Yeah, well, my my mum packed off about six private eyes to me recently, and they got rejected because she hadn't filled it. The post office didn't put the right customs, third country customs stuff on it, so they went back. Yeah, so I think Linda was boosted by Fallon in the end because she said, you know, there's a reason that we um, nominated you for your MBE. Um, and yeah, it was nice, wasn't it? Yeah, it was nice. Fallon's great at that kind of thing, isn't she? Taking the time to notice stuff and try to do something good about it. It's impossible to do a podcast like this without repeating yourself a little bit, and um, so I don't feel too guilty. But um, mm-hmm. one of the themes I keep bringing up is how they are developing some of these formerly younger, now mm. becoming middle aged characters, and I think they're sort of like people like you know Fallon is being. Yeah, very very well positioned as a kind of authority, a sort of solid, um, a, a sort of a north star by which you can kind of um, judge others or sort of ju- you know like uh, unless she's going through a crisis, she's very easily sort of it's like oh it, you know Fallon yeah. is it's, you know it's solid, it's reliable, it's true because she expressed to um, Linda that she's how worried she is for Alice because Alice texted her, didn't she, saying um, see you in a month. Yeah. Uh, while she was sitting with Linda and uh, and Linda repaid the uh, morale boosting gift by saying to Fallon, you know, with a friend like you, Alice stands so much of a better chance. It was yeah. all very loved up, wasn't it? Fallon yeah. said, you're the boss. And she just said, you know, you're a great friend. Mm. Um, yeah, quite well, moving. I mean, it was a tough. It was a tough listen this week, and it was it was definitely for me necessary to have that that plot line there um, to kind of help um, leaven the 
the kind of the, just the, the dread and horror of some of the other kind of tougher scenes. And I don't mean Sheila, I do mean Brian and Alice. Mm. Um, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I was, I was grateful for that at the end of it all. But I mean, I, I feel like we've done, hopefully, I mean, I, I feel sort of dizzy just trying to sort of <laughs> collate all of the stuff we've talked about in the last. Um, mm. It was a hot mess, wasn't it, this week? A hot mess. Yeah. But, but I mean, I don't see how, I don't see how else it was going to go down. I mean, like it was just, it was such, as I said earlier on, it was such a crammed and busy week in Ambridge. Mm. Can I just ask you, lads? What would you rather win, a box of chocolates or a jar of pickle? <laughs> jar of pickle. Yeah, me too. Yeah, definitely a jar of pickle. Yeah. Um, Terry, do you want me to ask why you asked that? Sorry? Is that relevant to the archers? Yes, it is, Peter. Now, have a think as to why that was relevant. Oh, I think, I think that, Matthew knows. Is that, a, yeah. is that a prize at the fate? It was. Yes. Oh, okay. The Scarecrow yeah. Prize, I think it was, wasn't it? Yeah, and like, is scarecrows like a safe word in Ambridge? Everyone, like, Fallon met, when Fallon met Linda, I know we're backtracking here, but she just went, Linda, scarecrows. <laughs> like, she was just totally bewitched <laughs> by it. And I think Linda's just got like post traumatic stress disorder from when she put that mannequin out the front to protest the name change <laughs> of the bull. And she's like, no more fucking scarecrows, please. I think so, a billion villages across the land have done this scarecrow thing, haven't they? Uh, it's a really old hat, and I saw on Twitter lots of people going, well, when it happened in our village, it looks really creepy at night that there's these sort of scarecrows yeah. hanging in front of people's gardens. It's... I don't know if I've sent you to the video, but there is a there is a couple that rides through my dad's village, and they, they have a horse and carriage, and they dress up as different characters and have a boombox in the back, and they come through like playing different music and stuff like that. Oh, yeah, I'll have to show it to you. It's very Wicker. Every time my dad sends that to me, I send him a Wicker Man gif. <laughs> anyway, Peter, you were saying. Yeah, well, I'm sorry for I'm not so, I'm sorry for not remembering the um uh, the the pickle incident. Um, I, I it's, <laughs> it's it's not only been a hectic week in Ambridge, but I, I for once I hadn't have, didn't have a chance to listen to all the episodes twice, so I don't Ooh. need an excuse. But you know, there you go. Um, I have let the side down um, quite terribly. Don't no, don't apologise. Anyway, some people some people do podcasts and don't listen at all. Yes, hey. uh, you know I can't even imagine that. But um, mm-hmm. you know, talking of letting the side down, our wonderful listeners certainly have not done that. We've um, our figures are going up uh, magnificently. Uh, we must assume that's due to the Herculean efforts of everyone out there um, forwarding Kerry's tweets, joining Matthew on Instagram and Facebook. And, of course, the crucial, the all-important um, reviews and um, ratings on iTunes. So please, 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 if you haven't already, go and review us on iTunes. Um, give us a few stars, how many you think we're worthwhile. We're not going to threaten violence this week. Um, and, yes, um, guys, what, 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 what definitive things can people do on the social medias? Yeah, I, th- I simply, if you know people who listen to The Archers who don't follow us on Twitter um, necessarily, make them follow us on Twitter. <laughs> Get them engaged on there by force. Um, We're back or to just, again. Okay, yeah, yeah, sorry, sorry. Or just, you know, recommend that they do give us a listen wherever, even if they're not on social media. That would be marvellous. Yeah, and weirdly, weirdly, I've actually, some of the, some of the kind of more... Uh, critical responses we've had i sort of find some of the most interesting it's like so you know like sometimes I've, I've heard like oh i sent it to a friend and they weren't particularly interested but i'm just grateful that they even gave it a go and tried to push us out there because that's that's what's helped us gradually you know week on week put on those numbers and, and matthew what about the the facebook's facebook's are good um we're called this the group is called the cider shed podcast that's where you find us certainly if you listen to the archers or if you think people might be interested again share it um the community is building there. All we managed to stir up last week was a massive fight about pork pies. <laughs> but, you know, <laughs> job's done. It's a very Agents important of chaos. matter. Yeah. Um, and, you know, no uh, TikTokers yet, but we are on Instagram, the Cider Shed Pod. And likewise, do the same. Um, come and look for us there. Share the account with anyone you think might be interested. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, fantastic. And, 
uh, email us, please. Um, I've had some lovely emails this week. Um, I, quite often, there's sort of people are spotting plots way down the line. So, um, uh, you know, I do have these things stored, but some, some, I got, I got a very interesting email this week that's going to might might come back to the fore in a few weeks' time. Um, but yes, yeah, so please do get in touch. It's hello at the and um, we. It's so far we haven't been a very interactive show, but that doesn't mean we can't be. It, you know, uh, if and when, if and when the right the right, uh, 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 you know, email hits our inbox or, you know, or Twitter or Facebook or Instagram. So, um, guys, uh, thank you so much. I've had a great week. Uh, I really, really, I'm sorry. It's, I, we don't often say positive things, but it's been a really wonderful week uh, for the podcast this week. L- uh, Kerry managed to land Lee, which is just amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ryan early. So thank you so much to Kerry for that. Um, Matthew's been spending all of his free time sort of posting wildly on Instagram when he could have just been relaxing after, you know, teaching children all year. And no, it's just been, it's been wonderful. And I'm feeling very, very excited about things. Yay. And we're hitting, I, I'm aiming to hit a thousand followers on Twitter, as I mentioned last week. Also, England won the football last night. Yes. They? Yeah, they won the a football. Cheating, <laughs> diving, filthy England. Um, Kerry was at Wembley with her laser pen last <laughs> night. Oh, that's <laughs> it. Yeah, that was sad, wasn't it? I'll take. I'll. T- I mean, I. You know. I mean, I. I. I don't. The only thing. The only thing for me is the disingenuity of not just owning up to the fact it was a soft penalty. It was. Oh, it definitely penalty. was soft. And yeah. we. And you know, we're owed some good luck. You know, but share, sharing a house with a with. Um, with someone from the uh, South American continent, they were like, "That's definitely a penalty." Well, exactly, <laughs> it's obvious. exactly. And people like, criticizing you know, it, it, yeah, yeah. fools. People who clear two foot of snow off their car every morning don't think it's a penalty. People who are sort of like you know um, um, falling over in their flip flops on um, uh, the Copacabana beach. <laughs> what are flip flops, Peter? They're Havianas. Uh, sorry, oh. sorry. Yeah, were you going to say something, Matthew? I was going to ask a mm. question, but I don't want to tempt fate. Go on. Is it coming home? Yep. Oh, that song, that it song. It is coming home. It is. I predicted this on my family spreadsheet when this competition began. If anyone wants to sneak out and get terrible, <laughs> then there you go. You heard it here first. I did end up with a monu- monumental hangover today, and I don't did normally you? get hangovers. <gasps> and it's not the land of my fathers and mothers, but I did get a bit carried away it, last night. It was a wonderful night, honestly so thrilling um yeah i can't wait for sunday mm. for the omnibus obviously <laughs> yeah it's gonna be amazing well thank you so much guys um i tried to say something sincere and brilliant and those two went off on a football rant so i'm gonna go and quietly cry because you know I'm on my <laughs> we love you yeah, peter yeah. oh well thank you yeah appreciate it <laughs> we do <laughs> cheers everyone see you next week see you bye Hello,